This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, May 10th, 2015. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. The message is by Father Ron Baird. So what do you all think the theme for today's lessons were? Love. I think he could have said it more often. I mean, I kept expecting the Beatles song to break out, All You Need Is Love, and at some point in there. But. So why is he talking all this stuff about love? Well, it really goes back to last week when he was talking about the vine and the branches. Um, and if you remember what he said is that the, the branch can, cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine. And so you really have to take a look at, at what that's all about to really understand this. Um, we talked about how the branch would bring uh, nutrients from the ground and water to, uh, the, I mean, the vine, the vine would bring nutrients and water to the branches so that they could bear fruit. Is it possible for a, a, a plant to stay alive if its water amount is limited? It gets some, but not a lot. Depends on the... Well, it gets almost none. But, <laughs> um, but it's possible that it can get enough water to stay alive. Will it bear fruit? No, that's what's interesting about it is that the fruit comes from the water um, being fed to the plant. And without, the, the, you know, without the, the water being abundant enough, then the fruit will never grow. <clears throat> it's, this is what Jesus is talking about. And what he's really saying here is that this water, in this metaphor, um, really is love. That it's the love that flows forth from God the Father through God the Son into us that enables us to bear fruit. Now, that's a difficult sort of thing for us to think of. You know, we think, well, how does, you know, I know God loves me and so all that's great, but how does that help me to bear fruit? I mean, what does that do for me? Well, part of it is you have to understand a little bit about love. And in the Greek, there are three primary words for love. They have other ones too, like we do, but there are three that really sort of there are three distinct areas in which they, we translate it as the word love. In this passage, he's using two of them. Um, uh, the first one is the one he doesn't use, and that's the word eros, from which we get the word erotic or romantic. Both come from that root word. Um, and that's not the kind of love Jesus is talking about. Unfortunately, it's the kind of love our, our society is obsessed with, but it's not the kind that Jesus was talking about. And then there's philia, which we get the word Philadelphia from, the city of brotherly love. And what that means is the kind of love that you have for a friend. You know, it's that kind of closeness that you have. And that's what he says when he says, I have called you friends. The word he's using there is phileo, which means I have called you people that I love and care about, not just servants of mine. And so that's what makes the difference in his relationship with the disciples. But what he says is if you really want to bear fruit, the love that you're going to need is a different kind altogether. It's agape, which means it's a sacrificial love, the kind of love that is looking out for the well-being of the other in all things. It's unconditional. It's always hoping for the best in the person. And that's why he says that no greater love has anyone but they lay down their life for their friend. It's that sacrificial kind of love that God is willing to do and that he demonstrated in Jesus himself. And so what he's saying is that this kind of love that flows through me as the vine to you as the branch is what empowers you to bear fruit. 
Now, what's the control mechanism for that? What he says is, if you do what I command, then you abide in my love. Now, you all think the church is known for that? For love? Generally speaking, the people who don't go to church, is the church known for that? Not in the least. I mean, matter of fact, the church oftentimes seems very hung up on rules and regulations and things about the way things are supposed to be done. And what's interesting about that is that in one way it makes sense. I mean, the hardest part about loving people the way God loves them is that people are annoying. And don't y'all think? Well, present company excluded, of course, but, but I mean, most people are annoying. They do things that are really aggravating and they bug us, you know, and you know, I've often said that church would be a great place if not for all the people. You know, we keep letting sinners in the door. I don't know why that is. They keep coming in. And, and yet, that's exactly the kind of love that God has for his creation. And unless the church opens the pipeline and allows that kind of love to come and dwell in each one of us, then we'll never bear fruit. It would be impossible. And most of us like the idea of that kind of love particularly when it applies to us. I mean, I'm all for God's unconditional love for me. I'm all for God's forgiveness of me. Sounds good. The, the person who mistreated me, I just assume he didn't forgive them, but, you know, but for me, I like it enough. And when we do that, we cut off that pipeline of God's love because we have to open it up so that God's love can really abide in us, live in us, be part of who we are. It's an unconditional love. Well, what does that look like? What would that look like if we had it? Well, you know the story of the prodigal son? I mean, it's an interesting story. Um, said the younger son of, of a man, a wealthy man, went to him and said, Father, give me my share of the inheritance now. Did you ever wonder how the father figured out what his share of the inheritance was going to be when he died? How do you know that? Yeah. When I die, your half will be this amount. You know, so really what the son's saying is, give me half of everything that you own right now. And interestingly enough, the father knows the son, and he does it. You think, what's he, crazy or something? But I suspect he wasn't crazy. He just knew that this was what it was going to take for him to have his son back. I doubt if it was the first thing the son had done that was a little bit on the rude side. And so he gives him half of it. And so the son goes off in a far land, and spends it on profligate living. Joe love that word, profligate living. That means too, too bad to talk about in polite company. <laughs> and it got to be so bad that he was starving to death, and so he basically went to work for some Gentile, and said, I don't care, I just have to have some work. And as he goes to work, he hasn't gotten paid yet, and, he, and he's in the, the, the mud pit with the pigs, which isn't good if you're Jewish, by the way. Um, and... Here he is in the mud pit with the pigs, and, and what's really bad is it suddenly dawns on him that the slop that the pigs are eating smells really good to him right now. And he realizes how bad he has it. And he thinks, 